Welcome to episode number two of the University of Geology podcast. My name, of course, is Taylor Dorn. In today's episode, I sit down with Leslie Valentine, a master's candidate at the University of Louisiana. In a few short minutes, you'll hear her speak about her current research project, what got her into geology in the first place, and what are her plans moving forward. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at geologisttaylor, and feel free to email the podcast at uogpodcast at gmail.com for any questions or comments you have about the show. And again, please rate and review us on iTunes. And I think that's it. I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. It was certainly a lot of fun to sit down with her and speak about her work and just about uh, some general geology tips for you guys. Uh, for those of you going into graduate school, uh, she has some tips and resources for you uh, later on in the episode. And with that, let us begin episode number two. Yeah. So you're on, uh, you're confirming that you have been on PEDs throughout grad school. They're enhancing your performance. Oh, yeah, I'll use anything to enhance right. my performance. <laughs> you will not be going into the Academic Hall of Fame now. Your, uh, your legacy has been tarnished. Mr. World, how was this wonderful orderly earth of ours formed in the first place? And how long has it been going on? I'm here with Leslie at an abandoned Hamilton Hall. It's a little creepy. A little creepy. You are in your last semester of grad school, correct? Of my master's. Master's. For, yeah. yeah. All right. And what's the plans afterwards? Um, I'm going to LSU in the fall to pursue a PhD in geology, specifically deltaic okay. sedimentation. And I was lucky enough to get a fellowship there. So that's what's enabled me to continue my education. Nice. So uh, we'll kind of go back on that. But I want to start off at the beginning. Uh, as an undergrad, what kind of work were you interested in? Were, was academia a thing at the beginning? or uh, No, not at all. Um, I went to Baylor University for my undergrad. I got a degree in biology. I was actually pre-pharmacy for the first three years. My dad owned a pharmacy, and I was just like, oh, this will be, you know, easy money. And I realized I hated it. <laughs> so my fourth year, I did a little uh, soul searching, I guess, and decided I really enjoyed the outdoors, environmental science, and the few geology courses I took. I couldn't switch to geology or environmental science without adding several years. So I just kind of switched my concentration from pre-pharmacy to ecology. So I really only took like one year of environmental courses. Like I took a climate change, uh, which actually, yes, they do offer at Baylor. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> evolution, uh, but uh, you know, we didn't talk about humans obviously because okay. those didn't evolve. Uh, you can scratch that. <laughs> it stays in. <laughs> okay. We'll get um, the Baylor crowd coming at you. What, uh, what flipped the switch? I mean, you were not interested in the pharmaceutical yeah. stuff, but was the, did you take a trip? Did you read a book? No, I um, was actually about to apply to a bunch of pharmacy schools, and I was like, 
I realized I was miserable doing that and I just couldn't bring myself to do it and so I had a conversation with my dad and he was like dumbfounded he's like I don't know why you thought you had to go into pharmacy like I've always told you just do what you want to do so I was like all right well I'm gonna take you up on that that's awesome yeah so then I took a year off after graduating and try to find a job got a few offers from like DEQ in Louisiana but or like an offer from them but uh it was like not enough to support myself and I would be moving to South Louisiana and going and knocking on doors and being like hey I see you got a nice citrus tree in your backyard can I take a closer look at it <laughs> see if it had like certain types of pests like yeah. on it so I nixed that and uh decided to apply to grad programs in Louisiana oh just in Louisiana yeah um you know it's that story of my boyfriend was in Lafayette getting his degree and I looked at their grad programs and their biology was more molecular based and I was like geology hmm, I like that sure we'll yeah. try it that's good so. how many schools did you apply for just curious just UL <laughs> once I did that nice yeah but I was like looking at all the did different... you email faculty beforehand to kind of get a report or yeah I um emailed Dr. Locke at the time who okay. or Dr. Locke who at the time was the coordinator of the graduate program and he said you know uh, you need to do a few prerequisites and my GPA was you know really bad in my undergrad it was like a two beneath a 2.75 so he's like come here take some of these courses show that you can you know make decent grades and also see if you actually want to do it so I came January of 2015 and I took a couple prereqs, like basic intro courses. Yeah, you couldn't have had much. Yeah, I didn't have, yeah, much in my undergrad. And I took, like, historical and I think I took structural, actually. Mm -hmm. And applied for the fall and got in, so. Cool. Did you have any favorite classes, not just here, but in undergrad or anything geology-related? Um, In my undergrad, I mean, I just had the intro geology that everyone has. Uh, it's talking about, like, three different types of rock, but... My professor was really cool there, Dr. Allen, and he does research in Hawaii because uh, they have droughts, actually. Mm -hmm. You would think, oh, it's in the middle of the island, but, you know, those pineapple farms use a lot of water. <laughs> so, yeah, some of the plants require quite a bit. Yeah. Dull, dull pineapple. Yeah. So that was a favorite. Um, we don't like big corporations on this podcast, so. I mean, Dull I, Monsanto, all of them. I eat dull pineapple who doesn't i feel so sinful as i do it but it tastes so good <laughs> they're ripe when you want it when you go to the store exactly. they're just there all the all the time pineapples are always in season i love That's it actually uh, my <laughs> wife last night she's like how do you know when a pineapple is ripe i was like good question i have no no idea i just um, buy them and you cut look at them. the bottom of it really? and if it's like uh um, you know how it has the little ridges or whatever the bumpy parts and at the bottom if it's like turning like a golden color okay then you know it's good now i know now you know should have called you yeah well don't blame me if you like pick a pineapple next time and it's like not ripe at all <laughs> spike it in the ground shatter it but was, yeah she was like what is when is it ripe and i was like huh i have that problem with watermelons actually yeah i just buy shit and cut it up the only fruit that i know for sure is a banana that's wow. the only that's the only one that's where I'm amazing like, i'm i can pick the bananas out pretty the and color. i know and i know when to eat them all fruit and vegetables I'm, I'm just pick them up and i eat them that is 
uh, frightening a little bit, but yeah. you know, I'll leave it to Jenny, but she is a better judge of that. A little bit. <laughs> she doesn't do the cooking, so it's all it's all me. Oh well. Yeah. She's bless the, her heart. She's the breadwinner. She goes out and works, and then I sit at home and make podcasts and read journals and do the dishes and yeah. take the dogs on walks. Pretty much. <laughs> I just push nice. her out at six a.m. Make the money, please. Bye, babe. Yes. Have a great day. I'm going to sit here and do what I want all day. Yeah. Bring him the bacon. Yeah. I like it. Uh, <laughs> shit, where were we? Uh, classes I liked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The professor as well. Yeah, Dr. Allen. Was it just his teaching style or uh, yeah, the topics he lectured on? Yeah, I mean, it was an intro class, so you just sort of, you know, um, didn't go too deeply into anything uh, in particular, but his teaching style was really interesting um he was engaging like he would engage mm -hmm. students um we had a lab our lab ta was cool i mean it wasn't i guess i was just like wow yeah this is i really like this um and that was before i switched to geology um as far as grad courses go a favorite oceanography for sure with dr richter yes well he's just a good professor in general yeah he's take. such a great professor uh the material is interesting but he definitely makes it yeah more enjoyable i think so yeah i've taken a few classes from him he's have you taken oceanography no you should i took it. on oceanography at texas state oh well you know i didn't want to double dip you know that rule you can't take it twice yeah <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh you want to talk a little bit about your thesis work, what that involves, yep. uh, why you chose that project, that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think it was in my, yeah, my first semester of actual grad program, fall of 2015, uh, I was trying to decide on a project and I, my original idea was I'll do chemical tracing for pollution within the Lafayette area, like from areas where they have railroad ties or metal scrapyard stuff like that and around the horse farm which is they're planning to redo all that and kind of get rid of the i guess oh, the aren't they getting rid the of coulee. the coolie and just wanting it to be more natural yeah the coolie that runs through the horse farm is it's whatever but obviously yeah. when they take it out the entrance and exit to it are also going to be coolies so it's going to be natural but it's not yeah. it's just still going to act like a coolie well listen you can go there and eat your whole food sandwich and feel good about being green so you just put on blinders like, <laughs> i see nothing going on outside this park exactly all this is natural yeah. um so that was my original idea i wasn't too keen on it just because i was like well this has been done so many times and then uh, Dr. Koskin sent out an email to everyone saying that um, the Nature Conservancy of Louisiana started a fellows program and they had three projects that were funded, but they had a fourth idea that, you know, was a reject idea, but they still wanted to do it. Uh, so it was just kind of a freebie where you wouldn't receive funding. And I pretty much jumped at that opportunity because sounded really cool because it's within the Atchafalaya Basin but also thought it'd be neat to develop like um, a rapport with the Nature Conservancy so I got on board with that and basically their idea for the project was to determine sediment accretion patterns within the Atchafalaya Basin uh, in 2015 they bought 
over 5,000 acres of land within the upper basin near Bayou Sorrel. Yeah, so uh, I guess over the past 50 years, the natural flow of water in the Chapalaya Basin is has gone from the natural north to south flow, uh, sloping downwards towards the coast, where uh, now in different regions it flows east to west, and you know, any in reason, my case, have you found any reason why? Yeah, these uh, different sedimentation patterns have built up land in certain areas. Um, also, cutting canals for whether it's oil access or if the Army Corps builds levees, they're, you know, anthropogenic changes to these canals. Uh, the study area that I'm specifically concentrating, concentrating on, the water actually flows south to north because there's a depression within the land. Uh, it was there before, but water now flows from a bayou that was man-made. A canal was dredged back in the 60s, uh, so that's my site that I'm looking at. So my project like evolved from you know determining sediment accretion patterns to I'm now doing seeing if carbon isotopes within trees can help determine the geomorphology, the evolution of geomorphology within the region. Uh, and I'm doing just a general land cover change over the years using GIS with their the Nature Conservancy's tracks. So I'm not doing their original project idea, but they aren't funding me, so okay. I'm allowed to kind of switch it up. Yeah, bit. I just didn't have the since I'm not funded, I didn't have the monetary mm -hmm. resources to do like sediment coring and do analyses on that. But Dr. Schubert here has a isotope lab, and he offered to help me with tree coring. So can you just do a because I think this portion is interesting the the tree coring and. Uh, how are you using that to determine if and when water was present? Yeah, yeah. So just briefly, I know it kind of. I'll, I'll try <laughs> to I'll try to summarize yeah. it best I can. Uh, so under normal circumstances, when trees are happy trees, you know, they're stomata, which is how they breathe or open. They're taking in carbon dioxide. Uh, when they're stressed, the stomata tend to close. Uh, typically, when you talk about being stressed, it's a drought. So they're trying to reduce the amount of water that they lose. They close their stomata, and they have a limited source of carbon dioxide. So they can no longer cherry pick the carbon-12 isotope. They have to take whatever's available. So um, <clears throat> when their stomata close, they'll start using some carbon-13, which is a heavier isotope. Uh, it's not as efficient as using carbon-12. So when you look at the isotope data, the ratio of carbon-13 to carbon-12, you'll see that if there's a spike in the amount of carbon-13, that you can assume that the plant was under some sort of stress. So what I am tr trying to prove with, or my hypothesis for my experiment is, as a channel builds, so as it this channel was new around like 1995, and it has prograded north about 200 yards over the past 20 years. So I'm saying, you know, a tree that is located right by the channel now, present day, it wasn't always there, right? Because the tree didn't move, but the channel moved towards the tree. So I'm assuming that as I 
the trees that are located within the formation of the channel, when that channel, the water reached that tree, whether that was in 1996 or 2000, 2005, depending on the location of the tree, I expect to see a decrease in the use of carbon-13 because there's more water available for it to use, so it's under less stress. And I also core trees outside of the channel of formation under the assumption that the isotope levels would not fluctuate necessarily. Uh, so You're that will stay. You're trying to find a stable-ish region. Right, right. So I did that based on availability of cypress trees along the channel. And uh, I chose cypress just because the rings were easy to see compared to black willow, which are the other dominant species in the area. So I took, ended up doing seven tree courses, so really like a pilot study to see if the concept was valid. Okay, awesome. Have yeah. you, so this research hasn't been done at all? I mean, tree coring, yes, but to correlate it to what you're specifically um, I don't want to say Ever. no, because it probably has. I'll receive nasty emails. But you didn't find anything? Uh... I, for the Chapalaya Basin, no. But yes, it has been. People have looked at the isotope levels within trees and try to correlate that to catastrophic events, such as like hurricanes or floods, droughts, mostly used for droughts in arid regions. So I was just curious to see if this could be used in a lowland area as another way to um, have a timeline of channel formation. Okay. Yeah. Any thesis breaking news? Yeah, like um, it didn't work. <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's a good lesson. I mean, yeah. not, every, not everything works. That's, yeah, actually, I was a lot reading, of times uh, it doesn't. Oh, what was it? It was an article, uh, probably like last week, whatever, and it was about how biased uh, journal results are mm -hmm. because everything that is published is oh this worked and so nobody ever yeah. gets this outside look of like how many times uh, experiments have failed people's ideas have failed, like all this has failed yeah. so you get these very skewed results i hear that's like a big deal in the um, medical community as far as like oh, drugs yeah. testing and all that but yeah um so why i think it didn't work because i you know it's a brilliant idea obviously <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea, the hypothesis maybe would be supported if I did the experiment in a more arid region uh, because the area that I studied, as I found out, floods pretty frequently. So does it matter if the channel has progressed to tree, you know, seven or whatever, if the whole area is flooded? You're not going to see, at least this is my, you know, baby scientist so when you opinion. can go back for round two <laughs> is there any plans to do this again in the future um no no not yet uh i don't think with the i mean for me no because um the program i'm doing at lsu is dealing with sedimentation within deltas but i would like to do further research into the literature on carbon isotopes and consult some um experts in the field and maybe you know do a follow-up paper on my findings when I have a better grasp of the concept and maybe there's some sort of correlation but as far as I can tell the regional hydrology is not 
the driving factor. But then isotope levels, it's more likely that it's climate, temperature, and I was about precipitation. To say, there's so many variables going on that. Oh yeah. Some... I mean, there was pretty strong correlation between the tree ring widths and the seasonal temperatures, which makes sense. You know, if it's hot, yeah, it's gonna stomatogonna close and be under more stress. So, and that's been done a lot, tree ring width and mm -hmm. uh, climate variability, using it as a tree rings being used as a record of climate. So there's some possibilities that I would like to pursue, but it's not going to become my career focus now. <laughs> you sure? I'm pretty damn sure. You don't want to be the go-to uh, tree ring expert? Uh, no, my arms would get tired, you know, taking those tree cores. is a workout. Yeah. It was good. Um, some of the days in the field were really nice, and then there was one hellish day in particular where I ended up having over 300 mosquito bites. They literally bit through my pants because I was like, oh, I'll have pants on, and I had to go to the doctor get a steroid. <laughs> yeah. So you're on. Uh, you're confirming that you have been on PEDs throughout grad school. They're enhancing your performance. Oh yeah, I'll use anything to enhance right. my performance. <laughs> You will not be going into the Academic Hall of Fame now. Your uh, your legacy has been tarnished. Yeah, I'm just going to be up front. I'm not going to be like Pete Rose where they find something out and, you know, gambling. Well, I hope you didn't gamble on your research. I did not. You'd have to be I very... took a gamble, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be very addicted to gambling to gamble on academic research. <laughs> also, I'm not going to have that much money. As in, yeah, I'll bet you $10 that in a year my results will not be supported. Yeah, very patient gamblers. Yes, yeah. Oh, man. Neither yeah. of those are qualities that I have. Do you, uh, do you have a project picked out for PhD? No. Um, I'm going to be working with Dr. Carol Wilson at LSU. She has a lot of research in Bangladesh. I'm going to totally butcher the name of this river delta system, but Let's try the Ganges. Okay. How do you say that? Brahmatura? Uh, yeah, I totally butchered that. It sounds great. Uh, As an American, it's Brahman Petra, maybe okay. something like that. <laughs> God. Um, and how did so how did you meet? How did I with meet her? her? Yeah, I when I decided, which was about a year into my master's program, like you know, I, I like research, and I would like to be able to continue this, and also I enjoy helping other people, and it can be a pretty sweet gig to be a professor. I was looking at, I knew I wanted to stay local as far as within like 10 hours driving from my home just because you know I'm a big family person um so I looked at schools in Texas Oklahoma Arkansas Mississippi and Louisiana and Alabama and I would just look at their web pages as far as their geology department and specific interests of professors and when I was looking at LSU's geology page uh, there were a couple of professors there I contacted but uh, I was pretty interested in Dr. Wilson's research and I knew she was new at LSU and probably brought some fresh ideas to the table and fortunately she contacted me said yeah let's uh, talk some more about this so I went over and to LSU in October of this past year and met with her um, got to, you know a little tour of the lab and got to pick her brain on her research interests and that was really enjoyable, and I just applied. I applied to Arkansas, UT, and LSU, and ended up just applying to three schools. Uh, 
first was notified by LSU I was accepted there, which was great because then I was notified I was not accepted at the other two. Well, you didn't I have a strong connections anyway. no. with the other two, correct? Um, no, I sort of at Arkansas, Dr. John Shaw um, is pretty up and coming within the field, but whenever I did like, I guess you would call it a phone interview, uh, he was telling me about what he does and they do a like fairly good amount of like computer modeling and I was just like this is over my head like yeah. I, I would just could tell I mean very very nice guy um, but it just I could tell it wasn't going to be a good fit and um, so I hope he I'm assuming he found someone that you know their research interests align yeah yeah more of a field person You'd rather go out and get bit by. Well, he does. He does field work too. It's just more. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, just more mathematical, like bathymetry and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's so. over my. I don't do. Anything. Yeah, he was saying words, and I was like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> what?" And I could just. He was very, very nice, though. Obviously, didn't say anything like. Yeah, we can stop this conversation now because I'm not choosing you. <laughs> so, good experiences all around. Yeah. You've got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I, you want to talk a little bit just in general, your experience in grad school so far, pros, cons, what yeah. people should look out for, I guess? If it was a, pros and cons. a lot of stuff that I've seen, mm -hmm. uh, at least when I was doing research going into master's programs and even. Uh, since I've been is there has been there's constant bitching and complaining <laughs> all like everywhere I mean just, I think that's it's a yeah. constant struggle but I haven't like it's been pretty laid back for me I have not I mean maybe you might disagree with this but I feel like I don't bitch a lot <laughs> about no, I no. um and I'm not even talking about people uh, at this university. Yeah, you just mean in it, general. But I'm just saying the online culture towards master's programs or graduate graduate school in general is yeah. always, why am I doing this? Well, I feel so. like a lot of that is because a lot of, if you go into academia, the especially in geology, the payoff is not near as great as if you just get a master's and go into petroleum industry. Granted, the petroleum industry you know, has its highs or its lows as we see now, but when it's high, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's part of the reason. Also, online culture like Reddit, I mean, I don't know, it just people love to bitch on Reddit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, get on Reddit and I upvote all those. <laughs> I'm like, goddamn right, it's miserable. But... <laughs> I just personally have not felt that. I, I have no. I the only time I feel like overwhelmed is when I have like a twenty-page paper due and I have put it off all semester, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. I have seventy-two hours to turn this in. Yeah. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I only did that once, fortunately. This past semester? No, actually. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my first semester. <laughs> You it, live in, then you it learn. Took the, yeah, it took the first. Yeah, never, it took the first mental again. breakdown to realize I didn't want that again. Uh, this is a. I'm going to give a quick plug for Magoosh.com for anyone interested in going to grad school. Magoosh.com. Not a sponsor. Yeah, a free, no. Yeah. This is a free plug. Um, Magoosh, M A G O O S H.com. 
I think it was founded by some Ivy kids and uh, it's a online prep course. They have GRE. I think they probably have LSAT, other standardized tests, but I found that super helpful. I mean, I did it pretty consistently, 30 minutes every day for like two months. And it gives you a great breakdown of areas that you need to work on and it gives you estimated score. And when I took the actual GRE, I thought it was easier than the practice problem. So that was awesome. So Magoosh, um, you know, you can find me on Facebook. I'm gonna, I'll e give you I'm gonna email Magoosh and tell them they owe yeah. me 20 bucks. 20? Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't need much. Am bucks. I gonna get a cut? Sure. Okay, that works. Three dollars. Three dollars. Three dollars. A beer? Great. Um, so that was my plug. Uh, cons of grad school. It's really, I thought or think it's hard to hold a full-time job and do grad school. So you're gonna be poor. <laughs> like it's yeah. Yeah, you got to fight for the TA spots or some sort of work that's well, academic. Most programs. I think don't accept a lot of people that don't have that funding. Um, UL, fortunately, because I'm one of them, <laughs> it will accept people that don't necessarily have a TA position. Um, I was a graduate assistant for a year, and that was really nice. Um, pros, I mean, you get summers off. Cons, you may be in the 106 degree heat, coring trees in the Chapalaya Basin in July. So. <laughs> Did you do most of your field work during your summers? Or is it just um, kind of whenever the time is right? Yeah, most of it was done during the summer. Um, just because that's when you have a lot of free time. And also in the basin, that's when the water is relatively high enough to get a boat back to the more isolated channels. Mm -hmm. um, I did do some tree coring in January. That was really nice weather. So I'd definitely do that again. Uh, but the water was lower, so we had to walk a good bit. Actually, we brought like a canoe, and you know, Lewis and Clark did it a good bit. Um, yeah, actually, um, I will not say I carried it because Joe Boston with the Nature Conservancy he took me really was. <laughs> you got to round up some undergrads and be like, hey. Uh, yeah, except he's like a mass. He has his masters, and he's brilliant. <laughs> so I, I pulled the woman card. <laughs> I was like. I can't help but have weak muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, get out and pull the canoe. <laughs> like, he's awesome, by the way. Wetland ecologist with the Nature Conservancy in Louisiana. Yeah, because you weren't uh, looking yeah. into getting into academia mm -hmm. this whole time. It was kind of just what you were interested in, and yeah. then it kind of became you want to be a professor. Yeah, I was like, well, they're known for their petroleum firm at UL. That'd be great to make money, and uh, you know, the, surely oil will go back up, which it, it will eventually, just not right now. So, yeah, pros are I really liked, have enjoyed graduate school a lot more than undergrad because the courses you were taking directly affect like what you're going to do in your career, and you have more of a say for sure. Um, in the research was really enjoyable. And I know a lot of people do that in their undergrad, but I feel like it's less stressful in grad school. You feel yeah, more the like undergrad what you're projects and grad it's, it's like, like just kind of helping. Yeah, the you professor. do the dirty work. But I mean now in grad school you have to do the dirty work and like the cool work. But pros, yeah, that and since you spend so much time 
or at least I did, at the actual geology building, you become pretty close with your classmates, which is camaraderie here is really nice. Like, I know it can be competitive. Like, you hear that with med school, but at UL, like, it just feels like everyone helps everyone else, which yeah. is really nice. Um, other pros, uh, you get to meet all these different professors and see all the different types of research within the field. I had no idea geology had so many different, you know, paths. Yeah. So, advice for people starting grad school or any school, preschool even, do not procrastinate. <laughs> it is your worst enemy. Um, citation managers, those are awesome. I use Mendeley, it's free, that's why I use it. Also, I mean, I think it's the best out of the free options. Uh, it makes writing papers a lot uh, less frustrating. Um, Grammarly.com, that's another free plug for you, Grammarly. I'm well, hitting all these people first, up because yeah. apparently they sent a lobbyist here to, <laughs> to plug out. Yes, a future politician. Yeah. Um, learning how to use databases is really important. Um, I think UL has a really awesome uh, online library resources as far as databases go. Um, learning how to Google search the right thing on Google Scholar. Love Google Scholar. You learn very quickly. Yes, it is a steep learning curve, but I, I, it's hard to imagine what it was like, you know, if you went through grad school 30 years ago. <laughs> like, let me go look at this encyclopedia or all these references. Yeah, or if you're just at home and you're like, oh, man, I have to take my horse and buggy up to the library. 30 years ago, <laughs> yes. That's, I think that's what it was like. I saw one I think photo. so. Dirt roads, spittoons. Is it all cobblestone? Outside. Yes. Yes. Petticoats. Women wore petticoats. Sure. Yes. Top, top hats. Oh, 1970s were wild. Yes. <laughs> so. My mom and dad like, uh, I don't remember it like Actually, that. you know, 30 years ago were the 80s. Oh, crap. Doesn't yeah. that make you feel old? Makes me feel old. I always feel like it's the year 2000. Yeah, me too. All the time. When people say 10 years ago, I'm like, oh, like 98, 97? I'm like, no, that was 2007. Yeah. Mm. It's like 17 years after that, after what you think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other advice. Take time for yourself. Don't. I mean, because you'll have weeks, you know, but leading up to finals where all you do is eat, sleep, breathe, geology, or whatever you're studying. But try to cut out time for yourself to maintain your sanity. Uh, that's pretty important. Yeah, and I got into, a, like, a really good groove of uh, setting, uh, like, the calendar on my Mac. Oh, yeah. Of, like, specific times that I have to do different tasks, and then everything else is just whatever. It's free-for-all. Uh, but, like, nice. set aside specific time to write, specific time to read, study, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that, The more repetitive you are, it, it doesn't oh, feel yeah. like work. It's just something. It becomes a part of your day. It's just like, what am I yeah. supposed to be doing Sort of right like now? breathing. You're yeah. just like, oh, I'm up. I need to read. Yeah, I am not a morning person at all, but... I have become more of a morning person uh, just by treating, I guess, my studies as a job. 
that's the easiest way for me to treat it like a nine to five job. So I would start after I had breakfast, you know, either come up to the geology building and work on my thesis on the computer, or if I'm at home, look up papers, just something. And it's not like you have to do that like without breaks throughout the day. But I think to get in, like you said, get in that pattern is really crucial. And also, if you're not a morning person like I am, you need to do so because either you're going to go into academia <laughs> where you have to teach in the mornings or you're going to have a regular job where you have to be in the morning. So now's the time, kids. Yeah. It's miserable. <laughs> yeah, I was always more of a, like, stay up super late. Yep, and yep. Then doesn't doesn't work like that wake up at though. nine or ten and then kind of go into the day yeah i it's very frustrating i automatically wake up around like 6 30 or 7 every morning now i hate it doesn't matter when i go to sleep uh, yeah that's pretty terrible. yeah so one last mm -hmm. question uh-huh geologists <laughs> they're, they're just like they're, us yeah they're just like us so other than geology yeah reading plugging massive corporations on this podcast what are your hobbies or interests? Man, Redditing. It's a free plug for you. <laughs> they don't need it. <laughs> like the fourth largest website in the world. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just like anything outdoors. I always say I love camping, and I probably go like once a year. <laughs> Mostly because we live in Louisiana. Yeah, I was about to say Louisiana camping or hiking is uh, tough It's going. a form of torture, yeah. really. You got to watch out the for the snakes and the gators. Yes. And the fan boats. <laughs> of those three. <laughs> the fan boats especially. Yeah. Um, anything outdoors. Um, I'm pretty introverted. So a lot of times, like, I'm happy doing a crossword puzzle at him. Oh, oh, but I'm supposed to be like other people. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy trivia nights. Where at? Whole Foods, yeah. where I win. It gets pretty rowdy in there. It does. I, yeah, we're typically the youngest people by, like, 20 years. And it, Yeah, I keep trying to make it in there both times we've tried it's been packed it's just a really small place i know the green room does it too but i just yeah and then bayou tesh has one on saturdays but that's all music oh i'm not good not, at that uh i'm okay but then they start mm -hmm. going like way back because it's an older crowd mm. like, I, I don't i don't know i don't know i see i would do better with that i grew up listening cuts. to <laughs> yeah <laughs> like um back in the 60s 50s even yeah I can do that. Was it Parish has one? I think that's on Thursdays as well. Hmm. It's a nice little little thing. Yeah. So I can't think of anything more general public. Just for, cross, crossword just like puzzles. Us. No. Uh, what about re reading? You don't read it's, for fun. I mean, I used to read a lot yeah. for fun until I got Reddit on my phone. <laughs> I find myself like playing Candy Crush or Reddit. I'm like, God, I need a better form of laziness, <laughs> like reading. You feel better about yourself, right? A little bit. A but little it's all bit. The, it's all the, all the same. I'm actually like a huge, I love Netflix original shows. Narcos. Yeah. Incredible. Um, I just started Bloodline. So yeah. don't tell me. It takes me a while to get through those. They're Bloodline? Yeah. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. It's I, slow. I, it's a slog. Yeah, I felt that way about 
The Wire. Okay. Which Parker will never hear this podcast because I think he would break up with me if he heard that. He loves that show. I'll, I'll send this directly to him. Great. I'm edited. Great. Been wanting to break up with him for like <laughs> seven years now. <laughs> um, I like to cook, actually. Yeah? Yeah. I cook a good bit. And I tried... <laughs> this is another plug for HelloFresh. Oh, yes. <laughs> They, yeah, they could actually sponsor. They sponsor. It's like them <laughs> and who else? Uh, MeUndies. Like MeUndies. Every, yeah, the softest every podcast. Ever. Yeah, every podcast you listen to, it's like them, and that's it. Or and Blue Audible. Or, yeah, Audible. Yeah. It's the same for HelloFresh, we, well, we kind of ruined it because the first night we tried, like, the best recipe out of all three. It was, like, these pork DIY dumplings. Mm. Out of this world. So good. But uh, yeah, they have like a 50% off code, so it's 30 bucks for three meals that we'll feed too. So I mean, I think that's that's definitely cheaper than going out to eat, unless yeah. you get a like Whataburger. Is there okay. anything else that you would like to say? Any more plugs? Any more plugs? <laughs> um, I think we're about five. I need to go back and count, but I think there have been at least, there's five or six corporate plugs in this um britta <laughs> water pitchers the water here in lafayette or yeah, at least my apartment's them. very chlorinated yeah so britta does an awesome job i am out of filters send, so send them our way send them to me i still maintain the best water in the world is any water that directly comes out of a hose any, you're any a water. fucking savage any what tell me if the mineral taste i mean the metal taste to it oh yeah Give it to me. Uh, if you're outside working. No. If no. you're outside working on a hot day, you're just sweating, and you're like, I need some water, but don't feel like taking 20 steps indoors. Turn on That's the That's why you bring your Nalgene outside with you. Talking, this is like. This is back in the day in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I would drink from. Yeah, it was pretty tasty. I'll give it to you. It's the it best was. water. I wouldn't say the best. I would say the best is Voss water <laughs> and the glass bottles. Free plug. The glass oh, no bottles, shit. not oh, the plastic. This, one, this one's free? I'm glad. <laughs> I really don't mean to. Just... You're like you're like a NASCAR driver. Like you just walk in with a bunch of patches yes. on your jacket. Uh, oh, if you were a NASCAR driver and you got to choose your sponsor, who would you choose? Oh, man. Out of everything. I would oh, choose man. Whataburger. <laughs> this is a free plug for Whataburger. <laughs> Their honey butter chicken biscuits. Mm. You would specifically only have, well, 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. But you would specifically, you wouldn't want the whole Whataburger uh, sponsorship. You would just want their their biscuit. The, I would want a picture the of their honey biscuit. butter chicken biscuit. Yeah. I'll take the whole Whataburger. I mean, everything there is good. Everything. I don't so like good. the Whataburgers in Louisiana. I I like to go across the border into Texas where they originated. Have you been to the one on Pinhook? No. Yeah, well then shut your mouth. So. I need to try it though. But for real, the one on Pinhook <laughs> at Pinhook and Collie. Okay, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. All right. I think... <laughs> I didn't mean to have that many plugs. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks again. Yeah. Good luck, and good luck defending your thesis in hopefully July. Early Early, July. early, July, early I'll July, I'll defend. Um, thanks, yeah. All right, perfect. If you're around, you can come to the defense. You can also not come.
<laughs> it's public. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Have a good day. <laughs>